This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Perhaps one of the most confusing Yom Tovim of the year is the Yom Tov of Hashanah Rabbah. There is, uh, we'll talk a little bit a little later, hopefully we'll talk about that there's very little doc, you know, information in the classical Svarim discussing the Yom Tov of Hashanah Rabbah, very little in Bavli, very little in Yushalmi, but it's still known to us, and we'll talk about the Hashivas of, of Hashanah Rabbah. Hashanah Rabbah is almost like a, a combination of Shvuis and Yom Kippur. If you go through the Halachas, you'll see that some of the Halachas indicate it's like a Shvuis type of experience, and some of the Halachas indicate it's like a Yom Kippur type of day. For example, we just heard that we're going to have here in the Shul Mishnah Torah, that minig of Mishnah Torah is a much later minig. That minig of learning Sefer Devarim is much later. That came from the Sman of the Arizal, of Chaim Vital. He publicized this idea of learning Sefer Devarim. Why Sefer Devarim? So the Bikri Yaakov explains, because Sefer Devarim talks about our Ahava to HaKadosh Baruch, our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch, and that's why Sefer Devarim became what is learned in Mishnah Torah. But the original source... Before Rabchaim Vital and the Arizal's era, there was already a meaning at the times of the Rishonim to stay up uh, Lel Hashanah Rabbah. It's actually funny to me, if you look at some of the sources, there's more of a reason to stay up Lel Hashanah Rabbah than there is to stay up Lel Shavuos. If you took a poll, how many people stay up Lel Hashanah Rabbah versus how many people stay up Lel Shavuos, the numbers will not reflect that. But if you look at some of the earliest sources, and even take a look at the Mishtabura, if you look at the Mishtabura, when he quotes it in Hilchas uh, Hashanah Rabbah and some Tavar Yisamachdal, he writes, "Noyagim Yisrael Yis Nuurim Belal Arova." Noyagim. A minute. If you look at Hilchas Shvuis, he quotes from Mariza Chasidim Ve'Anshim Ma'isa, pious people. Not every guy. Here it sounds like the minute Lel Hashanah Rabbah was every Jew used to stay up Lel Hashanah Rabbah, but today it's clearly not like that. Today, Shavuos gets much more attention and, and uh, activity than does Leil HaShanah Rabbah. If you take a look in the Shabali HaLeket, now you have to remember, the Shabali HaLeket takes us to the 1200s. We're going way back. The Shabali HaLeket already brings down a practice to stay up the entire night. He doesn't tell you what to learn. He just says, He says you should sit and learn. And he says actually not just to do Sefer Tvarim, but to start from Bereshus. Learn Torah. Go from the beginning. That was the minute brought down the Shabali HaLeket, later in the Shlach Kaddish. So clearly there was already a meeting in the, as early as the 1200s that people were staying up, Leil HaShanah Rabbah, learning Torah, different versions of what to learn, but that was already a well-established meeting, and then only later came the Minog to, to do Mishnah Torah the way it is done today. There's a whole discussion of how to do Mishnah Torah. Do you do it in your sukkah? Many places came hell, do it in your sukkah by yourself, because everything should be in the sukkah. Others said, no, come to shul, do it, but see, different minhagim of how exactly to go about doing it. The Mukach Rebbe says he found once a machzer that was printed in Rome, and it said the following, it said that on Rosh Hashanah Yishpotun, on Rosh Hashanah we are judged, B'yom Kippur Koisvin, V'yishanah Rabbah Koisvin. We always think that Chasimah happens on Yom Kippur, but he says, no, in this Machzor it had the text that the real Chasimah happens on Hashanah Rabbah. There was a Minog uh, later, in later years, they used to say Slichas on Leil Hashanah Rabbah. There was a whole Slichas process. That Minog was even in Vilna, in the times of the Vilna Goin, and the Vilna Goin stopped it. He thought that wasn't right, because Safko Sav, at the end of the day, we're still in the middle of Cholomoid, we're still in the time of Simchas Yamtiv. It's not the time to have Slichas. So the Vilna Goin was actually against any, you know, not sadness, but any, you know, change of the schedule for Leil Hashanah Rabbah, because it's part of Simchas Torah and part of Cholomoid, and he used to even have a Simchas Beis Sheva. Again, tonight, most communities are not having Simchas Beis Shavas. Some people, after they finish Mishnah Torah, they'll go back to the Sukkah, they'll go back and have a little something. But the big 
Hopla Simchas Beis they don't do it tonight. The Vilna Goyin did. And the way the Maisa goes, they say over a story that there was a death in the family, and the Vilna Goyin took that as a sign that maybe you shouldn't have Simchas Beis on Leil Hashanah Rabbah. But the Vilna Goyin believed that Leil Hashanah Rabbah should be a regular night because at the end of the day, it is still part of Cholomar. We should conduct it that way. Many people have a practice that they stay up, they learn, and many people uh, say Tehillim. And the reason why they say Tehillim is because it's the Ushpizin of David HaMelech. And since it's the Ushpizin of David HaMelech, it became very popular to say Tehillim on this evening. Many, many people have such a practice. If David Pavarsky says he remembers when he was a little boy that they used to do that. He says now it's not so popular. He says he remembers when I was a little kid. They used to say save it to Hillim. And between each time they finished, whenever they finished a large part, portion, the kids would get treats. The whole process, a whole avoid of what used to take place it, at those times during the Leil Hoshana Rabbah. Many people go to the mikvah. Mr. Brewer writes, you should go to the mikvah tonight before you start learning. This way you can learn the whole night. Then you go tomorrow and you dive in already after you went to the mikvah. Some people have a practice to say, to be Mavisedra, to finish up on Leil Hashanah Rabbah. That was a practice they record from the Chazinish. The Chazinish thought tonight is a good time, tonight, tomorrow, would be a good time to finish up Shtayim um, Mikra, uh, for those of you that are up to date, and all you have to finish up is Vizay Sabracha. They quote something unbelievable, and I don't attempt to understand what these words are supposed to mean, but if you want to look it up for yourself, in the Sefer HaChasidim, from Yehud HaChas, it's in and Bezi, he writes that the, the Foshois of the dead come out from the Kvaris and Leila Shana Rabbah, and they daven for those live people. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It sounds very, sco- very spooky and scary, but that is what it's quoted in the Sefer HaChasidim takes place on Leila Shana Rabbah. Right? Because again, the assumption is, and this is brought out more in Sifri Zoyar and Kabbalah, that Hashanah Rabbah is the Gemar HaChasimah. Till now, everything was still floating. The court was still open. We can change our decree. Comes the Shana Rabbah. That's it. We're done. We're finished. Shana Rabbah is the Gemar HaChasim. And that's why, if you look at the davening, some very interesting changes in the davening tomorrow reflect somewhat of Yom Kippur, somewhat of Yom Nerayim. There was even a practice dating back to the Zman HaRishonim that tomorrow davening to say HaMelech HaKadosh, HaMelech HaKadosh and HaMelech HaMish. That's how far, that's how seriously they took it. Some people say, So many minhagim that are mimicking the Yom Naraim, because tomorrow has very much a feeling to Yom Naraim. Even the halacha. You look in Shulchan Aruch, he goes to bed, people wear a kittel, and the tune is to the Yom Dikadav. And so there's like a combination on one hand, it's like Shavuot, that we stay up at night learning, there's a big emphasis on Torah. But Tzasheni, because it's the Gemara, the Chasim Asadin, there's a strong emphasis on like the Yom Kippur type of experience as well. Many people have a practice to have a Suda tomorrow, Hashanah Rabbah Suda again. It's all reflective of the mahus, the makeup of the day. But really the big kasha that I saw famously asked in two svarim, I saw it by Rabbi Shalom Zaman Orbach, and I saw this by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky said for Emes Liakov on Pasha's Emma, he calls the question, Mishay, my Rebbe, Rabbi Kalman Epstein. The Rabbi Kalman asked him from a friend. Who was his friend? Matcha's good friend, Rabbi Shalom Spitz, asked his friend Rabbi Kalman to ask Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky this kasha. This kasha was already asked to Rabbi Shalom Zaman Orbach, the question is like this. If you go through Bavli, you go through Yushalmi, you'll see very, very, if nothing mentioned, that Hashanah Rabbah is the Yom Hadin. You'll talk about Chavita Sarova, the minute to clap Tarova, that's a Gemara and Sukkah. But it doesn't say anywhere in Bavli and Yushalmi that the Chasimah Sadin happens on Hashanah Rabbah. So they asked Rabbi Yaakov, and Rabbi Shalom gave the same response. Why isn't there more mention about this? Why is the first place we learn about this is Isaiah? Why isn't there a Gemara? Why isn't there Yushalmi? Why is there no one talks that this is such a big day? And they both were mechavet to the same idea, both Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Shalom And they said the following. They said, because back then, people were at a different madrega. If you would tell a Jew that the, his entire year hangs on a Shana Rabbah, he wouldn't be able to enjoy Sukkot. 
He wouldn't be able to enjoy Sukkot. He'd be so stressed the whole Sukkot, he wouldn't be able to make Simchas Yom Tavam Sukkot. He wouldn't be able to do it. His, every minute he'd be so stressed. Oh no, Hashanah Rabbah's coming. Gemara Din. Who can enjoy? Can you imagine going to Simchas Beis Sheva during Hashanah Rabbah's Tshuva? You can't feel it. You're not in the mood. You're not in the mode. It doesn't work. So therefore, they Bedafka kept it a secret, except for people who learn Zaya. Why? Because people that can learn Zaya on Azam Madrega, they can balance both of these emotions. But now Moloch Yaren says, Rabbi Yaakov, Jews, if they were told that their, their whole year depends on Hashanah Rabbah, forget it, the whole Sukkot would be ruined. There'd be no Simcha, there'd be no joy, there'd be no Chalamite trips, the whole thing would be ruined. Says Rabbi Yaakov, but today, it doesn't spook people. Today, people here, okay, fine, Hashanah Rabbah, Zmag Mardin, it doesn't ruin our Simcha's Yom Says Rabbi Yaakov, we need to be reminded that tomorrow is a very big day. It's not going to ruin anyone's, anyone's uh, Sukkot plan, says Yaakov. If, we, if someone told you before Sukkot that Hashanah Rabbah is Gemara Din, you'll still have a good time on Sukkot. You'll still eat and you'll have a good time and you'll relax. It won't share anything. Therefore, says Yaakov, today that we're so disconnected from what Yom Adin is, so we can tell us what it's all about. As I said, Yaakov, it's quoted in three places. Some Zalman writes like this, Emes Yaakov on Parsha, and there's another Sefer, a very Gishmaka Sefer, if you want to learn about the life of Yaakov Kamenetsky, it's called the Mechitzas Rabbeinu. All the life about Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, the Feminhagi, and practice, and Shtukloch, it's there also. In both these places, he says the same idea. And then I found later, Shlomo Zalman says the same idea. So Avada, it is a big deal. We're not debating the fact that Hashan Rabbah is a very serious day. It's a very Choshev day. It's a serious day. It's Taka the Gemar. It's the Chasimah. We all know. But we kept it somewhat of a secret because if people would have known about it, if it would be in the Gemara, then people would not be able to enjoy their Yom Tif. There's always a question when we finish the Hishanas, what to do with the Hishanas. So many people have a practice, they throw their Hishanas over at the top of the Yorin Kodesh. So the Bikri Yankiv brings down such a practice, and others bring down such a practice. It's the Zeichit, what they did in the base of Middash. The Munkat Rebbe was very against that practice. He thought that's not where the Hishanas are supposed to go. So what, one of the reasons why they used to throw the Hishanas on top of the Yorin was because it was the safest spot in the base Medrash. Why? Because you don't want people stepping on the Hishanas. So Dover Mitzvah, you don't want it to be considered, you don't want people to mistreat it. So if you leave it on the table, no, it would end up being uh, Nizbazit. So we put it up there, no one could get to it. So the irony of that is, today what ends up happening is they throw it up there, some janitor comes three hours later, he takes it, puts it in a garbage bag and throws it out. So it doesn't really, it kind of defeats the purpose. The more correct thing that many people have a practice is they take it home, it's a big shmirah. Many people use the Hishanas as a Shmirah. Many people take the Hishanas. They keep it till uh, Pesach time. They burn it. They do different things with it. But the real idea is that the Hishanas shouldn't be uh, mistreated. They shouldn't be, you know, left on the floor or left somewhere. In an, you know, again, for the same price, you can put them on top of the, the shelf down there that no one's going to step on it. And you're not being mavaza anything necessarily. But many people still have this practice that they like to, uh, they, they like to put it over there. But the idea is, wherever you're gonna, you put your Hishanas, just remember that you want to make sure that they're not going to be, you know, disrespected or in any way not treated with the proper kedusha that it requires.